0: Hello welcome to the 100 day writing challenge, day seven. So you've already completed a whole hour of intensive focused writing training. That's super cool. So you might be asking, and uh, not unreasonably, why lists? Why do I think lists are so important that I began with lists out of all the concepts we could have covered in fiction, you know, character, plot, genre, form, style, Ideology, dialogue, how to structure your writing day, personal grooming, swordplay or horticulture and why am I getting you to practice different iterations of lists over and over? A lack of imagination? Am I simply a misguided eccentric? Well, I talked yesterday a bit about the concept of siloing, of storing inspiration away for harsh winters yet to come. And that's part of it, sure. But there's another fundamental component of listing as an exercise, but also as a foundational principle of creativity that I want to convey. Because if you grasp this, and I don't want to overstate it too much, but if you get to actually experience this instead of it merely being an abstract principle that I expand, expound and you go, "Oh, oh, yeah, that sounds reasonable to him. If rather than telling you, I show you, you see what I did there, then you'll have won the war before the enemy have time to pitch their tents. The reason I think this is so important is because lists are the opposite of writer's block. A key, perversely counterintuitive thing about creativity to understand is it's easier to come up with 20 ideas than to come up with one. It's the difference between asking what would your protagonist do next and what could your protagonist do next. The first question, what would they do next, locks us down into the pursuit of a single correct answer, which is necessarily a process not of discovery, but exclusion. We have to switch on our critical filters because there are possibilities everywhere, actually, clamouring for our attention. When you get blocked, it's not that you've stopped coming up with ideas. It's that you're rejecting the ones you have. Does this idea make sense? No. Is this one good? Well, it might be good. But am I missing something better? There's nothing pathological about asking those questions, right? They are sensible enough, but they use up processing power that you could be turning to the task at hand, idea generation. There's a slightly obscure side street of neuroscience that concerns itself with a cognitive process known as error monitoring, which is how much of your mental attention do you put aside while you're doing a task to check if you're making quote-unquote mistakes. And one of the ways they've studied it is via this thing called urn. Uh, error related negativity basically they're monitoring electrical signals in the brain it's quite a crude measurement compared to fMRI which is about all about the sort of movement of hemoglobin in specific regions and stuff but anyway look the bottom line is under this ERN model uh, when you or ERN when you focus on avoiding mistakes while doing a task your brain tries to modify your behavior by what they call a quote basic dip in midbrain dopamine end quote Basically, it punishes you for errors by temporarily robbing you of dopamine, like Master Blaster shutting off the power to enforce an embargo on Barter Town. That is such an obscure reference. No one's going to get that. But the idea is your brain is trying to incentivize better behaviour. But better here is defined very bluntly uh, as behaviour with flu- fewer errors. Guess what? a quick way to make fewer errors is to take fewer risks, to do less, right? Be less innovative. In fact, it's even easier than that. You can make fewer errors by just making fewer attempts at the task, by not writing. Immediately you avoid that cycle of self-punishment. And you can immediately see why this mode of thinking, this error monitoring mode, is dreadful for creativity. Because like we, as writers, we don't actually care about errors certainly not at this stage errors in creative writing are pretty much consequence free no one's dying it doesn't matter if you misspell something or come up with a a sort of bad or cheesy or derivative idea that's the beauty of working in a purely conceptual space you can write once upon a cheese there was a big nice egg who newspaper garbanzo bean i'm a seamstress there look i made some mistakes i did a bad it was objectively bad writing and nothing happened it doesn't matter And yet so many writers, including me, act as if it does. This is where the list technique shines. It is priming your mind to be in the idea generation divergent thinking scattergun mode. For example, look, if I say to you, OK, so give me 20 possible reasons why the guy in this story lost his job. You know, if you're generating 20, 19 of those, at the very least, are going to get chucked away, right? Like... Nineteen of them must be wrong. So all at once you can take risks. Okay, so he was caught stealing cash from the till. Cool, conventional but plausible. What? What else? What's another reason? Um, his boss hates him. That's why he was fired. Okay, okay, great. Um, so now we've got the suggestion of a relationship. What else? Um, the business went bust. Another. Um, his boss was in love with him. Okay. Another. He he discovered they were secretly that the business was a front for a drugs operation. Drugs. What else could it be a front for? Um military tech developing weapons for the military what else alien invasion they're all aliens and they're pr- propagating their species and they just let him leave when they found when he when he found out but well, they fired him for knowing that they're aliens um they're non-violent as part of their culture but they're keeping him under surveillance they're worried but they're not going to kill him um are they really he thinks that they're 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 they're, they're, they're keeping him under a surveillance i mean he thinks so he thinks he got fired from his job because he uncovered an extraterrestrial conspiracy and and now they're watching his every move. Is it possible he might be unwell. The thought has occurred to him, yeah, so see there how I just as quickly as I could use the list technique to generate ideas and then I created mini lists within some of the answers, you know not accepting my first answer what's a what's an alternative version? what's another one another one and in this way you 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 in a fairly consequence free way exhaust the obvious you force yourself towards originality. But more importantly, because not everything has to be original at all, and not everything has to be quirky or weird, I I wouldn't want you to think that I'm saying that the only proper types of stories are are, are about people who think they're being followed by aliens. I think what's so important is you liberate yourself from the ludicrous dogma that you need to be right all the time. Writing fiction is mostly a state of being interestingly wrong. Enough talk from me for today, because it is easy to say this stuff, right? And it is a very different thing to coming back to your own work. It's a very different thing. And I know that. And that's why I'm getting that's why I'm not just recording a series of musings from the pen of Tim Clare. Great. Well done, Tim. You've got some musings. Doesn't help, like especially because so much of this is like neurophysiological. The only way you can get through it is by detraining some maladaptive responses and training positive new ones. So what I'd like you to do today is a version of what I just did there. But maybe winding it back a stage, right? You're going to write a list of problems. Problems a person might face. Not necessarily the same person. uh, Not all necessarily in the same world. But, you know, one example of a problem that you might include in your list was... um, Got fired from their job. As I said there. Or can't find a hat that fits. Or on fire. That is definitely a problem, right? Can be big or small. Uh, I, I think, as we've touched on in previous exercises... Uh, the more specific you can be, the better. Like, is worried is a, is a problem. It's a problem to be worried if you don't like being worried. But it's not as engaging as worried that her 18 year old daughter is getting drawn into a cult or something like that. You know, don't filter for quality. Don't worry about some being quote unquote wrong. You might want to try and do a range from a series of different domains so you've got that kind of diversity there so they're not all you know necessarily ones that could exist in the same story or you might not it's totally up to you um i hope some are really bad or silly you know that's fun that's great you know go go to town be as silly or as normal uh as original or as derivative as you like um steer into the skid please do they don't all have to be funny or amazing some can just be every day or sad or or you know small problems Just experiment, play. Right, are you ready? A list of different problems that characters might face. Three, two, one, go! And that really is it. I, I love doing this exercise because it's fun. It's like you create a bunch of tiny prompts for stories. Well, I say, I say, like that's probably an abuse of the art of simile, but you have literally created a bunch of tiny prompts for stories. Maybe together we'll p- pilfer one of those prompts later, but not now. For now, pat yourself on the back, or if it's probably more convenient, if you um, give your t- tummy a little rub, a little pet. There you go. Well done. Good work. You're writing. You're you're turning up. You're training. And we've only just begun, as the song goes. I shall see you back here tomorrow. The 100 Day Writing Challenge is made possible with the kind support of Arts Council England.